Well, good morning and greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. This is Apostle Lothar Bell, and we're here, here with you once again on another edition of the Blood Speaks, the Apostle Lothar Bell Show. Praise God. We thank God for you being here with us again. If you have been running down the road with us, you know we're doing a study out of the first letter of John, the first epistle general of the Apostle John, who wrote these three letters that bears his name in your New Testament, the gospel that bears his name, and the book of Revelation. The Apostle John wrote, um, of course, the Apostle Paul wrote the, uh, the letters from Romans to Hebrews. John wrote, uh, Peter, uh, James wrote one letter. Peter wrote two letters that bear his name. John wrote the three letters that bear his name. And Jude and praise God. Uh, and Revelation was written by John. We are in John chapter 3, 1 John, should I say, 1 John chapter 3. And we're going to pick up right where we left off in verse 7. 1 John chapter 3. Let me read the first six verses to you. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because they knew him not. If we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, if we're in that kind of relationship that the Bible says we should be in, the world should not know us, just like it did not know him, and... The world should not be able to influence us just like it did not influence him. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we should be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. A lot of comparisons John is drawing for us as believers, how we ought to be, how we ought to act, how we ought to identify, how we ought to connect, link up, whatever colorful adjective you want to put on it. Bottom line is, John is saying that we should be like him. Amen. Like, like Christ. Verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Here we go. Location. Whosoever abideth remains in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him and neither know him. Verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Amen. I would like to read that out of the Amplified Bible. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, <clears throat> do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live consistently honorable, a consistently honorable life in private as well in public, and to conform to God's precepts is righteous just as he is righteous. Amen? 
let no man deceive you. If you are doing righteousness, and we said that righteousness is both a condition and a position. If you're doing the, if you're doing it, amen, then you are, you are righteous. If you're doing righteous, you can't do righteousness if you're not, have been, if he was not or have not been declared righteous. Verse 7, 1 John 3, 7, I'll read it out of the, um, the modern language. Dear children, no one should deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. There it goes. Just as he himself, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, just as he himself is righteous. The Living Bible, oh dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. If you are consistent, if you are constantly doing what is good, it's because you are good, even as he is. Amen. The reason why the reason why you can practice consistently to do righteousness is because you have been declared righteous. You have the condition of righteousness and you're and you are in the position of righteousness. That is that you are in right standing with God. Paul deals with this over here in Romans chapter six. Romans 6, Paul talks about yielding your members. Hmm? Praise God. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verse um, 10. Let's just start at verse 10. Well, verse 9. Romans chapter 6, verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no dominion over him. For in him he died, he died unto sin once, but that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, because when he died, you died, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, let not sin therefore... Okay, let's find out what therefore is therefore. Because we can reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin, he says, let not, therefore, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you shall obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as Instruments of unrighteousness, don't yield your members. He says, let not sin. Don't you permit sin to reign in your motor body. He's not saying you're not going to. He's saying don't let it reign. Don't let it get the upper hand. Don't let it, don't let sin and unrighteousness and evil speaking, and so on and so forth, don't let that reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't, don't yield them, don't yield your members, the members of your body, your body parts, Neither you, your, ye yourself, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God 
as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. I'm back in 1 John 3. Verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. Don't, don't, don't let somebody, don't let somebody bamboozle you to think. If you are, if you have been declared righteous, if righteousness, you have been declared in right standing with God, you have the condition and the position of righteousness, you are righteous even as he is righteous. See? See the identification there? Verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Uh, the Amplified says habitually, deliberately, he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. I think that ought to be read out of the Amplified. 1 John 3 verse 8. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, that's the devil, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. 1 John 3, 8. Modern language. He who practices sin belongs to the devil. For from the beginning the devil has sinned. For this purpose the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 8, ampli uh, excuse me, living. But if you keep on sinning, huh? Remember, don't yield your members. If you're going to yield, don't yield your members to sin, to, an, to unrighteousness. Yield your members to righteousness. Amen? Verse 8, living. But if you keep on sinning, it shows that you belong to Satan who sense. Uh, he first began to sin, has kept steadily at it. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed, that is the seed of God, that is the life of God, that is the nature of God, Whosoever is born of God, are you born of God? Am I born of God? Amen. That did, that's not saying that. That's not. John already dealt with that over there in uh, chapter two, verse one. He said, "I write these things to you that you sin not. If any man sin, he has an advocate." He's not saying that you're born of God. That you're you know in the same uh, idea or in the same. Uh, 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 circumstance or situation that Jesus was born of God and did not sin. Amen? The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points yet without sin. It's not talking about that. Amen? 
Whosoever, verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed, that is the seed of God, that is the nature, the character, the life, the attributes of God remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Verse 9, Amplified. No one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. It's not, it's, it, what? What, it, what Amplified is saying, you deliberately, you don't, if you're born of God, that's why he said you can't do it. I, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. That's why he said you can't do it. Amen? He's deliberately. You can't do it knowingly. You can't do it habitually. Practices sin because God see that is his principle of life. The essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin because he is born of God and longs to please him. That's the Amplified of 1 John 3, 9. Amen. If you are, if you have confessed Christ as your Savior, if you have received Christ as your Savior, and you can still continue to sin habitually, knowingly, deliberately, and you have no sense of sorrow or sense that you have done wrong, you have broken fellowship with God, not relationship, but fellowship. If you don't have that sense or something like that, you need to check yourself because you are wrecking yourself. Verse 9, modern language. No one who has been born of God commits sin, for the nature of God remains within him because he was born of God. He could not practice sinning. Verse 9, Amplified. The per, uh, excuse me. The person who, who has become born into God's family does not make a practice of sinning because now God's life is in him so that he cannot keep on sinning for this new life has been born into him and controls him, he has been born again. Well, that's, that, that's just as plain as the nose on your face. Praise God. I was thinking about uh, when coming to teach the lesson today, and if you know about the writings of the Apostle Paul, Paul takes you to the third heaven. Paul, 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 Paul teaches you your identity in Christ, uh, he teaches you that you are already seated in heavenly places in Christ. Paul takes you from the guttermost to the uttermost. James brings you back down to earth. James says, yes, everything that Paul said is true. You are seated in heavenly places. Heaven is your home. Amen. You have no qualms about that. But guess what? Practically, James says, but you're not there yet. So while you're down here walking around, you got to live this kind of life. Amen. John, I, I'm saying, from at least from my perspective, John combines that spiritual high 
with the practicality that you have to live on earth. John is saying here that if you habitually, knowingly, and deliberately continue to sin after you say that you have received the life, the nature, the character of God in your reborn human spirit, if you can do that and there's no sorrow, there's no sense of broken fellowship, there's no repentance, there's nothing, you need to check yourself. Verse um, 10, in this, in this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. In this, in what? In relation, in your relationship to righteousness and unrighteousness, to sin and the not sinning, to grace, to law, your this this will manifest. This will show up, and this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Verse ten: Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So John said, now wait a minute. Here we go. Spiritually, here's how you could tell the difference between a child of God and a child of the devil. If you, if whosoever doeth not righteousness, again, righteousness is a position and a condition. You can't do righteousness if you have not been declared righteous. You haven't been declared righteous until you receive Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Amen. To really, I'm not talking about joining church. I'm not talking about, you know, going through the motions. I'm talking about if when, when you are born again, Bible says, when you are born again, there is a change. Every person who ever encountered Jesus Christ of Nazareth did not walk away the same person. It is impossible to encounter, to have an encounter with Christ, to encounter Christ, amen, and, and walk away and be the same person or remain the same person. And John is here saying that that's the spiritual side of it, verse 10, and this was the children of God manifest, children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither is he that loveth not his brother. So John said, spiritually, if you're, if you're not doing righteousness, if you're, not, if you're not doing the deeds, the acts, the words, the actions of a right, if a, a man or woman in right standing with God, righteous, if you're not righteous before God, righteous unto God, righteous before God, he says, that he says, and also, that's the spiritual side, the practical side, he says, neither that loves not his brother. He didn't say he loved God. He said, love his brother. Amen? Verse 11, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Why did he? Why did he? Why did Cain kill Abel? Because his own works were evil, and his brother righteous. Abel was declared righteous in his generation by a righteous God because of the sacrifice 
that Abel brought to God and Cain brought, did not bring that type of sacrifice. What was the sacrifice? In the early days of Genesis, after the Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden and they began to have children, they were taught they had, it's, it, the Bible doesn't say word for word, but there's a thread in there that you can see that they were supposed to bring an offering to God. Cain brought of the, he was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer, if you can call him that. And Cain brought of the fruits of the ground. Well, the ground had been cursed. Huh? The ground had been cursed for the, for the, in the fall. And so Cain was basically bringing back to God a cursed thing. And Abel brought God the offering of the, of the, of the flock because Cain was a herdsman. He was a, he was a keeper of the sheep. And so he brought a blood sacrifice. Amen. The Bible said God did not have, the Bible says God had respect unto Abel and his offering, but he had disrespect to Cain and his offering. Verse 11 and 12 again, for this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that you should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and killed his brother. And why, wherefore slew he him? Why did he kill him? Because his own works were evil and his brother righteous. Mm. Wow. You've heard this message from the beginning. Remember, remember John is writing to fathers, young men, children. You've heard this message from the beginning. You old heads, <laughs> you've heard this. You young guys, you've heard this. Even you babes, you've heard this. We ought to love one another. We have the same capacity and the same ability to show agape love one to the other from the beginning to the other members of the family who are the sons, the children of God. He said, don't be like Cain. Cain killed his brother behind the fact that he did not want to be obedient and bring the right kind of offering, but got upset with Abel when Abel did. I'm going to the Amplified. Let me read. Um, let me read verse 10, 11 and 12 from the Amp. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. Identity, anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is, he, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. For this is the message which you, which you believers have heard from the beginning of your relationship with Christ that we should unselfishly love and seek the best for one another and not be like Cain, who was of the evil one 
and murdered his brother Abel. And why did he murder him? Because Cain's deeds were evil and his brothers was righteous. His brothers, his brother Abel's deed was in right standing and the condition was right to bring the blessed sacrifice. Modern language. Verse 10, 11, and 12. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are differentiated. There's a difference. Anyone who does not practice righteousness or does not love his brother is not from God. For this is the message you heard from, from the beginning, that we should love one another and not be like Cain, who belonged to the wicked, evil one and murdered his brother. And for what reason did he murder him? Because his own deeds were wicked and those of his brother were righteous. Verse 10, 11, and 12, living. So now we can tell who is the children of God and who belongs to Satan. Whosoever is living a life of sin and doesn't love his brother shows that he is not in God's family. For the, for, for the message to us from the beginning has been that we should love one another. We are not like Cain who belonged to Satan and killed his brother. Why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing wrong and he knew very well that his brother's life was better than his. Huh? When you're doing wrong, you know it. And when you see someone doing right, it is an irritant. It's an irritant. That that person that's living in right standing with God, you if you you have been declared righteous, believer, you are an irritant. That's why uh, I I remember I remember uh, after I got received Christ as my Lord and Savior after I got saved I remember going to my family reunion, and just a year before that or or, or so forth I I would go to the family reunion. And uh, really wasn't in, you know, at that time being being uh, way young, I really didn't, you know, we wasn't drinking and doing all that stuff like that. Not at that age, but we were, you know, uh, all all my uh, uh, boy cousins and I would get together and we would we would, you know, look at when look at girls. And sometimes we one time we got caught looking at our own cousins. We didn't know <laughs> we didn't know that they were our cousins, and we got caught looking at them in you know lustful ways and everything. Uh, and had uh, evil intentions, but that, but that year after, but when I went back to the family reunion after I got saved, all of a sudden that kind of behavior and that kind of activity, I, I just didn't want to. It was just something in me. That something in me. Well, the first of all, it wasn't a thing. It was a person. That person in me, that who had came into me, came into my spirit, who had, who I was born again. It, my my spirit had been recreated. My mind had began being renewed, and I did not want to do those things anymore. It's like a friend of mine said, it's not that I can't do it, I don't want to. And he said that based on another scripture that Jesus said, that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. He said, I'm free to do whatever I want. He said, I'm free. I'm free. Christ has set me free. All my sins are washed away. Tremaine told you that. Amen. 
Jermaine Hawkins sung that song. Look at me. I have been set free. All my sins are washed away. My night has turned to day. All because Christ has set me free. I have been set free. And if I want to go sin, I can go do it. But I don't want to. And when you can get the mastery over that, when you can get to the point where you don't let that sin reign, Paul said, in your mortal body. Amen. That's when you have the mastery over it. Now, not everybody comes that way. Not everybody comes that way that quick. Not everybody, you know, comes that way. Sometimes it takes, well, for me, it's, it's taking a lifetime. Praise God. But the more and more, the more I stay in God's word, the more I stay in fellowship, the more I realize that fellowship is not two fellows in a ship. The more I walk towards the light, the more I walk in the light, the more light of God's word is revealed to me and shines in my heart. The more that happens, the more I can walk away, the more I can put that sin, that sin, that circumstance, that situation. I can bring it in subjection to the word of God and I don't want to. Amen. Praise God. One more verse, verse 13. He says, moral not, don't be shocked by this, brethren, that the world hates you. Huh? I, you're, you're, you're going to be irritant. You're not, you, 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 you thought after you got saved, everybody was going to just, you know, you, you became, a, you know, you became a real good fella and everybody was going to love you and, you know, treat you right with, with dignity and respect and everything. They knew you were going to church and everything like that. And you just thought, man, you know, you just thought you was happy as a pig in the sunshine. Let me tell you something. Uh, in some degree, that's true. and others, no, no, no. You become an irritant to the, to the, well, you become an irritant. Listen, you become an irritant to the sinner, but you are looked at as a sinner. You're looked at a Christ, a believer who is walking in the word of God, walking by the spirit of God, living out the nature, the character and the life of God, the love of God and the light of God. A sinner looks at you and they, 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 you irritate them. Sometimes they hate the very ground you walk on, but they, you become a ray of hope and a light in a, a light at the end of a tunnel to them because they figure if you can make it, if you can make it, they can make it. If you can make it, they can make it. You become an irritant. To a, to a person, uh, to a church person, or to a person who say they, say they have received Christ, but they know they haven't, you become an irritant to them, and they hate you, and, and to be brutally honest, they don't want you around. They're not looking at you as a ray of hope. They're looking at you as an affront to them. And that's why church people, and I've said this before publicly, and I'll say it here on this uh, podcast, Church people are the most are the most dangerous and the most treacherous people on this planet. I got more respect for a for a Satan worshiper than I have for a church person because a church person is out to get you, out to stop you, 
the sinner man is out, out for the same thing. But again, to the sinner, you are a ray of hope. If you can make it, there's a probability that maybe I can. But the church person, that religious, that religious person that's caught up in what my friend and mentor, Apostle George Akalandu says is Christian religion, that person don't want you to make it. Because if you make it, that out you outshine them. You end up, you end up being an irritant. And like Cain wanted to Cain and not wanted to, he did kill his brother. Huh? Because the offering that they're bringing, God has no respect to their offering, to them or their offering, but God has respect to you and your offering. They're, they're coming into church dropping thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars into the offering bucket, and it's not doing nothing. You coming in there, you're throwing in a middle's might, you're throwing in coins, and God is blessing you left and right, and they're wondering how, what, what in the heck's going on. And it all goes back to the point that you are, as you're walking, as you as you're staying in fellowship, as you're walking in light, as you're walking in revelation of God's word, as you as you as as you are growing in the grace and knowledge of your Lord Savior Jesus Christ, you are leaving you you are shedding off, you are you are you are you are disconnecting, and you're dismantling in your own life. Praise God, the nature and character of Satan, and you are coming into a revelation that you have been given the nature and character of God, and you're walking in it more and more day by day. Paul said, my outward man perish, but my inner man is renewed day by day. Praise God. That's where John is, that's what John's talking about. And we're going to end there with verse 13. Come back next time. We will be there starting with verse 14 and onward. Praise God. John is dropping some, some spiritually practical ways for us to live. They're spiritual because we can live this way. We can walk in love. We can walk in life. We can walk in light. Because spiritually, we have been connected by birth, by inheritance, by, 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 by God declaring us righteous. We can do it spiritually from that perspective. John is also saying that you can do it practically because now, excuse me, vertically, you have been blessed. Now, horizontally, you can be a blessing. Praise God. We pray that you've gotten some out of this. Amen. Come back next time. We'll be right back in the first letter of John, the first epistle general of John, chapter three. We pray that you've gotten some out of this. We love you. God loves you. And we will see you next time.